everyone. Welcome to the Scarlet Nation podcast. This is John Otterstead and Bobby Darren with our post-game conversation. Bobby is on his way home from the game right now, coming down from Boston. Bobby, uh, I know you're kind of you're driving, you're doing your thing right now. It's going to be a little bit more awkward than normal, but we wanted to get you while all the thoughts were still hot, and this is the best place to do it. So I wanted to start off with you and ask you, what did we learn about this team today? Well, I mean, it, you know, this is a team that's not going to quit. And just when you think they were out of it, they were back in it. And um, it really looked like they turned the corner towards the end. And they, uh, you know, came out with a win. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest win, but it was a win. You started the season without a preseason game. You're on the road. You're playing a lot of new guys. So, um, you know, you, you got some early hiccups that, you know, it's kind of emblematic of a young team trying to learn the ropes. And, you know, they, they came together, believed. Uh, they had some good second-half adjustments. And, you know, it, it's 1-0. Uh, Rutgers really needed this game, you know, to help with the trajectory of the season. And being as though that Big Ten schedule is tough, as tough as it is, uh, this win really helps. You know, Bobby, you're the consummate professional. I've seen you in the press box, and you can stare at that game and kind of watch it stone-faced with a professional demeanor. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm one of those people who, when things start going sour, my entire demeanor changes. I'm bopping around the room, and I'm just, you know, it's hard for me. Uh, as I watched that game today, I felt like I watched 10 games over the course of one game. I felt like I saw a team evolving. I, I saw storylines playing through. Can you tell me how you saw that team evolving from the from the opening kickoff to the end today? You know, it's funny. I didn't really start to see it come full circle towards the end there, but there was many parts of the game I didn't think would win. I mean, they're right there, but I never got the take over that. No. Hey, Bobby, the phone just cut the phone just cut out for a second. I apologize. Cut, cut back about 10 seconds. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'm driving through this state called Connecticut. I, I really don't understand it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I think, you know, in the fourth quarter there, they get the ball with, um, you know, however many minutes were left on their own four-yard line. Up until that point in time, they didn't give you a lot of confidence that they were going to, to win the football game. But – they did what they wanted to do from the outset, and that's run the football. I think that Sean Gleason might have got caught up with, with too much gimmick stuff throughout the course of the game with rotating guys in and, and trying to give different looks and just trying to be too cute. What they did there was plain and simple. They put the ball down. They ran it down the BC's throats, and they couldn't stop them. Yeah, that was that was my thought throughout the entire game. Rutgers came out. You know, obviously, there was all that talk about who was going to be the quarterback and you know, everyone's trying to keep it quiet that, you know, there's going to be a little switcheroo there at the last second. And then you play, was it, three different quarterbacks the first three plays of the game? Am I correct in that? Yeah. And, yeah. and then – And then Wimsett and Simon. Right. And then by, at the end of the game, when you saw what was actually working for them was sticking, you know, just to that game plan and running the ball down the middle. And it seemed like, well, you know, you think to yourself, well, what if they just played that from the onset? Yeah, and, you know, Gavin didn't pull any of those handoffs. I thought he could have gained some yards if he kept it on some of those. But, you know, that's a good weapon to have, too, because you saw him run that 48-yard uh, run earlier in the game. I mean, the, the the drive went to waste because of the penalties. But 
you see what he can do running the football. So um, it adds another dimension. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But that, at the end, is, is what really what Rutgers wanted to do from the outset is run the ball like that. And um, I think mixing, out, mixing in Al-Shadi Salam was really good, too, because um, they, uh, you know, you, you see what he can do. He's a dynamic playmaker. It really helped him there at the end. Yeah, we're going to get back to him in a second. I, I want to talk about just the offense and then the defense, or just general impressions. Can you tell me your impression, Greg Schiano's offense, in year three? Um, you know, the offense, I believe, is evolving, like you said. I mean, it wasn't pretty today. You saw Gavin Wimstead has his, his physical tools, but, you know, he's still working on all the reads and the mental aspects of the game. You know, Evan Simon came in, and it's very similar to a Noah Bedrill-type player. Um, I think it's going to be a work in progress again. But, you know, maybe this offensive line is as is, is good as fans hoped it would be this year with the improvements coming in the form of those transfers because that last series, they, they really took over and won the game. So it'll be interesting to see if they can carry over. Um, they've put the pieces in place, and, and we really didn't see much of that wide receiving core that we talked about, you know, the upgraded speed there uh, just because they weren't really throwing the football well. Um, so it, it remains to be seen how much a guy like Todd Harris will be able to help them this year. Now, we knew going in that BC's offensive line was going to be a big question mark for them, but if I remember correctly, the defense was supposed to be pretty good, right? I, they were supposed to be formidable, yeah, and, and I think they did a decent job. Yeah, I guess up at you know, that last drive, though, it looks, it showed either Rutgers got better real fast or, you know, they weren't as good as I expected them to be there. I don't know. It, just, it looked like at that last drive, the Rutgers was just putting it together. Yeah, they, they really started to figure it out. And uh, it, it was fun to watch because, you know, they started marching down. And, and, and I'm saying, wait a minute, they, they need to hurry up. There's not a lot of time. They haven't been running the ball that consistently all day. And, uh, like I said, Al Shadi is, uh, I think he gives him another dimension out of the backfield. All right. And now I bet, let's talk a little bit about the Rutgers defense. Who stood out there for you? And just what, you, what were your overall impressions of the defensive unit as a whole? You know, it, initially it was, I, I thought that's what Greg was going to do is mix up the blitzing. You saw the first play of the game of Robert Longerbeam comes in and makes the sack. And, you know, Tyreen Powell didn't come up with the, the football afterwards. I asked Robert about that after the game. I said, did you, did you get on him for not getting the ball? He said that Tyreek told him after the game, yeah, I, I got to come up with that ball next time. But, um, you know, that's the Seattle that we were used to seeing uh, for the first time around. He would disguise all those blitzes. He would send a lot of safety blitzes and, and really bring pressure without having to rely on one prolific defensive end. Um, but he mixed it up nicely, and I think they did a, what they really did a good job on was, was containing Dave Flowers in the second half. I mean, he was having his way with Rutgers in that first half. And the second half, he kind of forgot about him a little bit because they did a good job of kind of bottling him up. But uh, you saw, uh, you know, to compensate for the, the third linebacker, Christian Izzian was playing closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, kind of like a strong safety, almost linebacker hybrid type role. So they played three safeties in the game. You know, Desmond Igmanosin started alongside Avery Young with Izzian. So that was a little different. Then you started to see some of the pass rushy Bob. I mean, Wesley Bailey didn't do anything the first half, and then second half, you know, he just came alive there at the end with those sacks. And, and, and you know, when BC got the ball on that last drive, it was like three and out in, in emphatic fashion. So, um, you know, it, it seems like the defense needed a little time to start to feel itself out as well. When you look at that defensive unit, who do you see as like the – 
emerging as the star of it? And who are you most excited to see in the future? I mean, after today, you have to say Wesley Bailey, the way he played. I mean, when you stand next to him, he looks like a freak. I mean, this guy is, is big, he's muscular, he's athletic, and you're just waiting for him to have that breakout moment. That could have been today. I'd be interested to see what he does the rest of the year. But, you know, a guy like Tyreen Powell just, you know, there was one play where he chased the quarterback down, just took an angle when he was trying to get to the edge. And, and it was almost simple the way he came came and cross and round him down. He's another guy I really think is going to have a big year. But um, those two guys, Robert Longerbeam, you know, had a sack and an interception today, jumped that route really well. Um, he's a guy that probably had one of the best training camps of any player on the entire team. So um, excited to see what he brings. Christian Broswell had an interception. It's the first game he played since uh, coming over from Temple. He was hurt all of last year, so it was really nice to see him come in return to the field and do so well after he's been out for just so long. Bobby, this goes back to our conversation last time we were talking about how so many guys on this Rutgers squad right now look the part of Big Ten football players. They might be a little young. They might not have the experience yet. But, I mean, you know, you look at Bailey, you look at Powell. I mean, they're just as impressive as anybody their age on any other team in the league. Yeah, Um you know, a guy like Aaron Lewis got a lot bigger. He, he got some pressure in there at times. Um, they're, they're starting to measure up, and, and you needed Greg needed some time to kind of bring these guys in and, and cultivate it. And, um, you know, he even said at the end today when we were speaking to him after the game, um, you know, look, they're still a long way off, and, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. But uh, he said it's nice to teach off of a win, and, and I, I know we were waiting for him to come in after the game. You could hear him talking to the team and, and the excitement, you know what I mean? Just just from from the room, you could hear the, the enthusiasm. And, and, and uh, you know, Christian Izzian told me after the game, this is what they needed to build momentum for the rest of the season. So um, you look at the schedule, you got a couple wins coming up with Wagner and Temple. And, you know, Iowa wasn't exactly blowing South Dakota State away today. So uh, that's a game you should circle maybe on the a, on a, uh, on a schedule. Yeah, definitely. Well, you wrote about you every after every game. You give some game balls, and I want to go through all those game ball recipients mm-hmm. today and let you talk a bit more. You've already mentioned Al Shadi Salab twice already, but in your article you wrote the redshirt freshman took control of the 96-yard touchdown drive with a 23-yard touchdown run. Salam finished with 53 yards on five carries. Talk to me about him. I just you know, like I said, dynamic playmaker. You know, he's a guy that Rutgers didn't have a few years ago. Um, a guy that can get in space and really do some things with the ball. Um, probably would have played last year but ran into some injury issues. Um, on that final drive, it was a nice way of mixing up him and Kyle Menungai because Menungai's that between-the-tackles downhill runner. Al Shadi's a guy that can get out in the open, break something, and, and he's gone. When he got that ball on that, that touchdown play, he, he got past one defender. I said, that's a touchdown. And, uh, you know, he still had some guys to beat, but kind of knew it right off the bat. That, you know, this guy's gone. And um, just really liked what he can do, especially in the in the passing game. Catch those screens. He had one early. Um, just a really nice uh, addition to the backfield because he gives Rutgers a guy that can get loose and, and really make some big plays happen. And, uh, you know, really excited to see how they're going to use him in the future and how he evolves as a player. And then I know you're pretty excited about Samuel Brown, which, you know, Rutgers fans haven't seen much of yet. What can you tell me about him? Big running back, great vision, good patience, um, really like what he brings to the table. I think as the season goes on, you see a lot more of him, and, and there's a lot of excitement 
uh, you know, in what he can do. He's a bigger back, but he really, you know, I used to play running back. So as as a running back, you, there's there's certain things that you just can't teach, and, and that's one of the things I thought moving Jameer Wright Collins to running back wasn't the greatest move because he didn't have those running back instincts where he could feel where the hole was, cut back across the grade. Um, you know, Samuel Brown, he's a freshman, but he has patience when he comes through that hole, and he, and he sees things develop it. And uh, just, just a, he's fun to watch at, at running back. And I, I think, you know, as the season goes on, he'll be in that mix. Uh, Aaron Young wasn't available today, so the numbers are kind of dwindling. You're going to see, you know, uh, Rutgers use multiple backs. And even Manungai came out a little limped up on that last drive. He came back in, but um, it just shows you how precarious that position is. But uh, I think, uh, you know, they, they have some good ones in there. I left this game thinking, wow, if Rutgers can solve its quarterback situation, just have one of these guys settle in a little bit. There are playmakers like we haven't seen in a long time here at Rutgers. You know, you throw in Crookshank, Youngblood, their transfer, wide receivers, and suddenly you're going, this is an offense that could come alive if just a couple of things go their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the, the, the main component is that quarterback. And, and I do think you'll see Gavin Wimsett step into that role. Uh, it's just a question of when that's going to happen. And, you know, he's good with the first read, even the second read, but this, sometimes when he has to go through the progressions, everything's happening so fast that it's not something they can just teach overnight. Um, early in the game, you know, Josh Youngblood was open on a play and he missed it. He didn't see him. Um, but, you know, it comes with time. So uh, I think, you know, they'll be able to get Federal back. Um, I don't, like Greg even said today, it's not a whole season thing. So um, he, he'll he be back in the mix too. And, um you know, Simon does some decent things as well. And, uh, you know, Wimsett just has an unbelievable physical skill set. that It should be only a matter of time before he really starts to elevate his game. Now, if this offensive line is as good as we think they could potentially be, and, you know, that's all relative because they're playing the Big Ten and they're going to be going against some excellent teams with some great stout defenses. But maybe they don't need as much from the quarterback as they might have needed a year or two ago. Um, you know, with all these other pieces in place. Yeah, I, you know, but you're, you're still going to need some of those games. Like, even today, it would have helped with one or two big downfield passes, you know. If, if you feel like if Wimsett could have connected with, with one of those deep balls, it, it would have changed a lot. And maybe it would have opened that running game up a lot more earlier. So I still think you're going to need them to make some plays. But you're right, these quarterbacks aren't going to have to go out and throw for 400 yards to win games. Now, you know, against one of the, the Big Ten powers, you know, goes without saying what, what they're up against there. But um, I really think that, you know, if they can co- they can come with, with a few big plays here and there, it'll really help the overall offense. But you're right, it, it's not up to the quarterback to take it on his shoulders and win the game. Well, right. I mean, not every bowl-eligible football team has a future NFL prospect, you know, playing right. quarterback. Sometimes you just have a game manager and – that's enough. And I just found myself thinking at the end of this game, like, you know, could this offensive line be good enough? Could the receivers and running backs be good enough that you don't need a seasoned veteran future NFL you know, star running the quarterback position? You just need somebody who's going to be able to put the ball in people's hands and let them make plays. Right, right. And th- this team's going to have two weeks to get, you know, better acclimated to gel because, you know, facing Wagner, who, 
hasn't won a game, you know, <laughs> in quite a long time. Um, and then Temple, you know, they should have their way with them too. So it'll give these guys a chance to really gel a lot better. And um, then when Iowa comes to Piscataway, it could get interesting. Now, jumping back to the game balls, you mentioned Christian Braswell. He's a guy everyone's been excited to see. I get the impression you were happy with your first look at him. Talk to me about it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's something, you know, to, to see a guy go through that injury and have to, you know, he came over pulling you know, in competition and, you know, to see him, you know, have to go through a whole year where he's just injured and not working and, and, and you know, kind of falls by the wayside, sticks with it, comes back. He came back in, in spring practice and then had another little minor issue this summer. He was, he was kind of sidelined for a little bit again, but got healthy for this first game. So you see him go out there and do well. And, and, and I think that's just a great, um, you know, accomplishment. You know, he wasn't the starter, and he wasn't the guy who's going to be on, you know, ESPN highlights, but he's a guy who, who you know, came back and, and, and stuck with it, and, and it was nice to see somebody like that make some plays and, and really bounce back. When I'm looking at these next two games, Bobby, I think obviously there's a lot of opportunity for this team to grow, to gel, to come together and show us what they could do when the schedule heats up. Who do you want to see more of, or what do you want to see more of over these next couple of weeks? Um, you know, you, you got to point to the quarterback position. I, you know, I'd like to see them try to stretch the field a little more. I'd like to see them use some of those receivers some more in the, in the Todd Harris, Josh Youngblood, um, you know, Sean Ryan, even even Shamin Jones. I, I think, um, you know, these guys could do some things in the passing game. And uh, I would like to see some more downfield passing. And, and I think they'll be able to do that with Wagner and Temple coming up. Um, definitely would like to see more Al Shadi Salam. Uh, is also, you know, we talked about him. Him, He could really be a nice compliment to uh, to Kyle Manungai. And even if Aaron Young comes back, there should still be a role for Salam. As you've seen today, I mean, you know, he's a big part of that drive. And, um, you know, defensively much of the same. Uh, um, you know, they're, they're starting just starting to, you know, really seem like a Shiano-type defense. In the second half, they, they were really getting after it. Um, you know, they're creating turnovers. They were, uh, you know, it, it was just, it kind of had remnants of what we saw Shiano's first time around in his defense. Not saying it was the same thing, but they were, you could see some remnants of it. So, um, yeah, it should be an interesting couple of weeks, and, and it'll be a much more enjoyable one for everybody because, uh, you know, you're coming off a win and not a, a disappointing loss to the team you know, it wasn't really superior. Bobby, what I'm hoping for for this team is the defense that you saw today, the defensive intensity, that little bit of a look into the past where Shiano's team just played balls to the wall, they applied the pressure, they made teams pay for mistakes. I want to see the same thing on offense. That's the one thing I in Shiano 1.0, I felt like the defense would come out on fire and the offense would always play not to lose ball control. They kind of just systematically kind of move the ball down the field. It wasn't very exciting, at least from my perspective. And I'm hoping, and I, I think we all hoped when uh, Shiano came back again, we'd see a little bit more of a wide-open offense or a little bit more creativity. I guess we saw some creativity today with uh, playing the multiple quarterbacks and you know a little bit of, I don't know, taking some chances here and there, but it just hasn't clicked yet. Um, what kind of offensive identity do you see this team eventually picking up? And what would you like to see them do? 
it's a great question because I don't really know what I think they're still trying to find themselves. I've been critical of Sean Gleason. The guy's making a lot of money. Um, and, you know, he, he's got to come up this year. He's got to produce. This is year three. He's got more weapons. So, you know, you're getting paid too much money to not produce. Um, today, you know, I, I thought he was trying to be a little too intricate with the stuff he was doing. You know, there was a lot of gimmicky stuff. And, you know, it's tough for these quarterbacks to get rhythm when they're coming in, they're coming out. You know what I mean? How are they going to? really get in sync with their receivers. They play a lot of receivers, too. So um, I, the offensive identity, I don't have an answer for that right now because, you know, they looked like a team that was a smash-mouth, downhill-running team at the end of the game. But it wasn't like that for all four quarters. So it remains to be seen what this offense will, will, will be and, and what their identity will be moving forward for the rest of the season. Well, that's the best part about it, Bobby. We have a bunch of games still on the horizon. This is just the beginning. There's so much more football to be played. So uh, mm-hmm. I thank you for jumping on the phone with me as you're cruising through the state of Connecticut. But I wanted to get you while the game was still fresh and we could pop this yeah. po- podcast up there. And uh, I don't know, maybe somebody else who's driving home will be able to listen to it too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it should be a, a, an exciting month too uh, after this win and, uh you know, thanks everybody for listening and joining us. And uh, if you're not, we have that special running now. So jump on board. You get on for virtually nothing. What is it? Seventy-five percent off, if I remember correctly. And that's you can't you can't beat that deal. So if you're sitting at home right now, wherever you're at, listening to this podcast, we would love to have you along for the ride. Bobby is at all the practices. He's at the games. He's on the inside track with the recruiting, as well as Sean Brown, our recruiting master. There, Sean is a many of the top high school games in the region, uh, watching the, the players live, getting the inside scoop on their recruiting. And you can have inside access to all of their insights and talk to them on our roundtable message board with a very cheap subscription right now, 75% off. So please pick that up today. We'd love to see you. And when you get that, get on that roundtable message board on ScarletNation.com because that's where we're all hanging out, talking to people every day. For Bobby Darren, this is John Otterson and the Scarlet Nation Podcast. See you after the next game, folks.